Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, June 18th, 2018, broadcasting from the Beantown, USA studio. Beantown, USA is Boston's go-to destination for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. At DraftKings, there are no commitments whatsoever. Pick your sport, draft your lineup, and win cash prizes. Sign up right now and play for free with your first deposit by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. Again, that's promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. And speaking of promo code PICK, you can go to GolfBallMonkey.com right now. That's GolfBallMonkey.com to get the best deal on golf balls that you'll find anywhere on the internet. And get an even bigger discount by using promo code PIC, P-I-C, to get 5% off any order and get free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Golf Ball Monkey sells premium, slightly used golf balls at a discounted rate, which means you're probably thinking, used golf balls, really, Danny, that's what you're trying to sell me right now. You're still trying to sell me all summer on used golf balls. Well, think about this. How many times have you opened a brand new box of balls, taken one out, put it on a tee, hit it once, and lost it. A lot, right? Then what do you do? You take out another new ball and you hit that one. You might even lose this second ball and pull a third one out before you even get on the fairway. Well, those first two balls that you hit, you only hit them once and you just didn't find them. That doesn't mean they're necessarily used. They're still good as new. So Golf Ball Monkey, they find those balls, they sell them, to be basically brand new balls. At Golf Ball Monkey, they harvest, buy, and sell these premium used golf balls to wholesalers, retailers, and people like me and you. They have Titleist, Callaway, Nike, Pinnacle, Bridgestone, TaylorMade, and more. You name it, they have it. So load up right now at GolfBallMonkey.com. That's GolfBallMonkey.com. And use promo code PIC, P-I-C, to get an even bigger discount. Swing for less this summer with Golf Ball Monkey. You'll thank me later. I can promise you that. And speaking of golf, welcome to the show. Uh, I did watch the U.S. Open over the weekend, at least some of it. I watched some of it over the weekend. Brooks Kepka back-to-back U.S. Open titles. There's just too, you know what it was? There was just too much bitching and moaning from these guys at this tournament. I mean, the U.S. Open always is the most difficult tournament of the summer, right? Of the golf season? I mean, they purposely make the U.S. Open difficult, don't they? At least that's what I've always been led to believe. The U.S. Open is always difficult. But, I don't know, they just seem to be more bitching and moaning and complaining from these guys this year than, than years prior. You could talk about, you know, the the pin locations um, or, you know, the fairways and the greens and what those felt like. I mean, just enough. God forbid... You have to play on a difficult course once. And I say once. Obviously, all the courses they play on are more difficult than the courses I will play on this summer. Even you will play on this summer. But you get what I'm saying. These guys are professionals. You know, they're used to playing difficult courses. But even the courses that are difficult to, to me, you, or the, average, the other average golfers out there, you know, the, the, the courses that would be difficult to, to us are not difficult to them. Because, you know, they'll finish tournaments 10 under, 15 under. 
you know, wasn't the case for this tournament, but God forbid you run into a course in which you might not finish below par. I mean, I, I just, these guys make so much money. They just sound like spoiled fucking brats. It, it, it's, it honestly makes it more difficult to watch, at least from my perspective. I felt that way. You know, seeing interviews, reading comments, uh, you know, hearing what some of these guys had to say and all the complaining that went into it, it just shut up and go play. You go out and you hit a golf ball and you make millions of dollars a year f- for doing that. I don't want to hear you're complaining about how difficult the course might be. Please, save it. Save it for somebody who cares. And I don't know that anybody really cares. So you had all the golfers complaining about that. And I just rolled my eyes. And it actually made the tournament more difficult for me to watch and enjoy. And then you had people up in arms over the Phil Mickelson thing on the green. You know, he goes and hits the ball. It's not done moving yet because what, was it going to roll off the green? I don't know. And to be quite honest with you, I don't even care. I don't care. Brooks Kepka, he... Won the U.S. Open back-to-back years. Um, you know, what, next year is going to be at Pebble Beach? Is that where it is next year? Whatever. But, you know, let's move. I guess we'll move on from that. I don't really have much more analysis. So you had the, you had the U.S. Open, which I just, I, I couldn't stand hearing these guys complain about that. Then you, you get the World Cup going on. I'm not into the World Cup. I'm not. I've been into the World Cup in, in past years. I'm not into the World Cup. Sorry. Just not. Uh, I don't know why. I, I'm, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I don't think you need to be a huge soccer fan to be into the World Cup because I've been into the World Cup in, in past years, and, and I've still not been a huge soccer fan then, but I was still into the World Cup, so you don't need to be a big soccer fan to be into the World Cup. But this year, I'm just not into it. Just not into it. There's just a lot of NBA stuff going on. Like, there's a lot of big names. People are talking about big names being moved. Last week in the podcast, I told you about, you know, Kyrie Irving's comments and, and what his future in, in, in Boston could be and his future with the Celtics could be. And I told you, you know, Danny Ainge needs to handle this thing like a business, much like Kyrie Irving is doing. Kyrie Irving seems like a very, you know, wise businessman. He makes calculated decisions. You know, good for him. But Danny Ainge needs to do the same thing. So that's why I told you I don't think Kyrie Irving is untouchable this summer. You talk about him. You talk about LeBron James possibly opting out of his deal with Cleveland, which I I think we all believe he's going to do and test the free agent market. We've talked about the teams that have been mentioned in which he's going to have a conversation with. And LeBron James, it's been reported that he will have a conversation with the Celtics. You know, where that ends up, I don't know. There were seven teams that were listed there, I think. I think it was Stephen A. Smith. And I'm sure you'll have a couple other teams in the mix. Um, so you got LeBron James. But now you got Kawhi Leonard. And this isn't really, you know, hearing Kawhi Leonard's name right now is really not a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. If you've been following the Kawhi Leonard drama with San Antonio, you should not be surprised that we're going to be talking about Kawhi Leonard this summer. And, and, you know, this is really, a, this is a big week for all these rumors because this is NBA Draft Week. The NBA Draft is this Thursday. Uh, here in Boston, we don't necessarily have our eyes on the draft like we have the last couple of years because the Celtics have the number 27 overall pick. They're at the end of the first round. And, you know, they've had this Brooklyn pick the last couple of years and, and even their own pick before that. So, you know, the Celtics... 
the interest in the draft really only comes with potential, I mean, potential trades. And, and, and Kawhi Leonard's name is going to be linked to the Celtics at some point the next couple days. It, it, it is. It, and it already has. Because, you know, the Celtics are a team that does still, while they don't have that Brooklyn pick anymore, they, they had sent that thing to Cleveland uh, in the Kyrie Irving trade. But, you know, the Celtics still have assets. And I think the fact that Jason Tatum looks to be so good, I, I, think, it, I think it would make it easier for the Celtics to move a Jalen Brown or a Terry Rozier. Like, you know, I don't necessarily know that Jalen Brown's untouchable. I think Jason Tatum's untouchable. I don't think you move Jason Tatum. If you're going to move one of Brown or Tatum, you move Brown. I mean, if you're going to move one of Rozier, Brown, or Tatum, you move Rozier. But I think Tatum's presence and his emergence in his rookie year, man, I, I, you don't move him. And I think because you have a player like that at 19, 20 years old, Jalen Brown's 21, I, it just it makes it easier for you. Tatum's presence and his emergence in his rookie season makes it a whole lot easier for you and for Danny Ainge to, to, to part ways with Jalen Brown if you're going to land a superstar player. If you're going to land a superstar player. Again, the complications with the NBA is you got to make the money work. So if we're talking Kawhi Leonard, you got to look at his contract. He's got one year left on his deal at 20 mil this coming season. Uh, he's going to be 27 later this month. But he's got you know $20 million due to him next year. And then he's got a player option for 21 mil the year after that. Uh, you you got to match the salary. And, you know, if you're looking at the money and looking at the contracts, you know, a Kyrie Irving swap with San Antonio would make sense from a financial standpoint, from an NBA salary structure, you got to match, match the contract standpoint. I mean, look, the complications with, with Kawhi Leonard coming to the Celtics is this. He has the same contract, essentially, as Kyrie Irving. They can both opt out next year. Um, if you're going to get Kawhi Leonard, you either have to make that some type of three-team deal, but you, you got to match the salary. What is getting traded? You know, are you trading Gordon Hayward? I mean, then you'll have to get a little bit more back from San Antonio. Again, unless it's some three-team deal. I just... I don't think Kawhi Leonard gets traded to the Celtics unless you're giving up Kyrie Irving. I mean, the interesting part of that is that when Kyrie Irving gave his initial list of teams to the Cleveland Cavaliers last summer when he demanded a trade, San Antonio was one of four teams on that list, actually. So, you know, would that be a swap that you could make if you're the Celtics? And would that swap then open the door for you to trade Gordon Hayward to Cleveland and assign it, you know, sort of have LeBron James opt in with the purpose of being traded for Gordon Haywood to make the money work. And you could trade Kyrie Irving and Gordon Haywood for Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James. Would you do that if you're the Celtics? You obviously have to get LeBron James to agree to come to the Celtics. But if the relationship between Kyrie and LeBron is as bad as people say it is, and I don't necessarily know that it is, and I pointed that out on this show many times over the last couple weeks, but if it is as bad as people say it is, then would getting rid of Kyrie Irving and bringing in Kawhi Leonard, because right now Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James are kind of linked, because most of the serious rumors with Kawhi Leonard have to do with the Lakers. And I know the Lakers are going to go all in 
and acquire Kawhi, and then they're going to sign LeBron James, and then they're going to get Paul George, and that's going to be their big three. George, Leonard, James. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James for the Lakers. That's a rumor. You know, and it's going to, those rumors are going to be heavy rumors this week, again, because you got the draft on Thursday. But we're trying to look at the Celtics and and wonder, well, where do they fit into any of these rumors? You, I don't think you sit there and say, oh, well, don't try to trade for Kawhi Leonard. Don't kick the tires on it. You do. You have to. Anybody who's saying you don't want Kawhi Leonard, you know, there is, there is something about Kawhi Leonard that rubs you the wrong way with the way his time in San Antonio is ending. And is there not? I mean, he missed most of last season. What, he played nine games? He had a quad injury, but then he left the team. You know, there were rumors that you know he just didn't want to play for Pup. He didn't want to play in San Antonio. Um, and, and, you know, it's a bad look for him. It is. Yeah, he had the injury. But we've been led to believe through reports, and maybe we shouldn't believe them, but but I'm just, you know, what we've been told, what the public's been told, we've been led to believe that Kawhi Leonard's absence from the Spurs last year had, 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 had to do with more than just injury. It was more than the quad injury. It was, it was other stuff. It was an attitude issue. It was, he didn't want to be there, so he didn't show up. Wasn't with the team. Left the team. Um, that's a bad look for Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, it makes him look like a miserable fuck in the process. And it's like, well, why, if you're the Celtics, you got so much good stuff going on right now, why do you even want to kick the tires on bringing in a miserable fuck? I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> he, he is a pretty good miserable fuck. He is somebody that, if you added him to the Celtics right now, now, you know, now we're talking. Like now, you know, we're talking about even in the playing field. That phrase that I keep throwing out that Antoine Walker threw out a couple weeks ago when he said LeBron James should go to the Celtics if if the goal is to even the playing field with the Golden State Warriors and say, okay, you guys want to dominate for a couple of years? You know, here's what we do to try and match that. We're giving you our best roster to beat you. Who's going to do it? If the Celtics added Kawhi Leonard, we'd be talking about even in the playing field. Um, but again, what do you got to give up to get him? But is there also a corresponding move that you make? Let me ask you this, if you're a Celtics fan out there. If you were playing NBA 2K or NBA Live, whatever you choose to play, I don't know anyone. Who plays NBA Live? They just got back in the game, right? They took a year or two off. NBA Live, EA Sports with basketball. Uh, whatever. E- either way. Let's say you're playing a video game, basketball video game, and you could trade, you could get rid of Kyrie Irving and Gordon Haywood, and you could bring in Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, and your starting lineup would be, for the Celtics, would be Terry Rozier, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford. (laughs) Would you do that with Marcus Smart coming off the bench? I mean, I think I'd do that. I'd do that. Yeah, I'd do that. Would you not? And why would you not? Would it be because you don't want to pot ways with Kyrie Irving? Look, in a perfect world, you keep Kyrie Irving. And I know this is fantasy trade talk 
at its finest right here, obviously. But it's a conversation that's going to be had by by many well-known NBA analysts over the next couple days as we head into the NBA draft on Thursday night because, you know, some of the teams that will have a lot to offer because, hey, the Celtics, while they have number 27 overall this year, look, they still have that Philadelphia-Sacramento pick next year. Obviously, it's it's protected number one overall. Um, they also have this Memphis pick. Like, don't forget about Memphis. If if the if the chips fall, where you know if they fall in your favor, the next couple of years in two thousand twenty one, that's unprotected. If you still have that pick, so. I mean, you got that's a that could be a very valuable trade asset. So the Celtics have pieces. They have things they can do. They have salaries they can match. They have young players they can give up, and they still have future picks that are very valuable or could be looked at as being very valuable to other organizations who are looking to make blockbuster trades. And so I do think the Celtics will be major players because again, they might be one or two one player away from from even in that playing field. And if you're Danny Ainge, you've got to have these conversations. You have to. You have to. Because you're, you're sort of in a position of power if you're the Celtics. But at the same time, you're in a position of need. And there are question marks. I mean, the Kyrie Irving thing's a question mark. I know people say he's doing the smart thing. He's, getting, he's waiting to get more money next year, which he can do. If he waits till next year to sign the extension, sure, fine. But like I told you last, last week, we all think... We all want him to re-sign with the Celtics, but but he could, in his mind right now, he's saying, I'm going to the Knicks. And I'm going to sign with the Knicks next summer. I'm going to opt out, and that's it. How do we know? How can you stop it? You can't. So if you're Danny Ainge, if he doesn't even want to have a conversation with you about an extension right now, then even more so, you have a conversation with San Antonio about bringing in Kawhi Leonard. And that salary would match with Kyrie Irving. I mean, you're talking one-on-one swap. You know, San Antonio, they get an unhappy player. You know, maybe at that point, San Antonio says, well, we also want to pick. Okay, then you got to pick. You know, you got to say, I mean, if your next thing, if your next move is how do you get LeBron James and you'd have to do a sign and trade with Cleveland and you got to give up something, you'd have to give up Gordon Haywood. You wouldn't give up, you wouldn't give up Kyrie Irving and Gordon Haywood for Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James. I would. I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think twice about it. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Um, wouldn't even think twice. Because you do have a young point guard. You have a couple of young point guards. You have Tatum. You don't give up Tatum. Uh, you know, you... I mean... Yeah, you might have to pot ways with, with, with Jalen Brown. But again, Tatum's presence, like I said, I think makes that easier to pot ways with someone like that. It, again, this is all fantasy... You know, fantasy trade talk. I get it. Some people don't like it, don't like to do it. Uh, but I think the one thing we learned with Danny Ainge is that anything is possible. Any move is possible because Danny Ainge doesn't feel like he owes anything to anybody. He didn't feel like he owed anything to Isaiah Thomas, and that tells me he doesn't feel like he <laughs> he will ever owe anything to anybody. So Kyrie Irving is not untouchable. And if he's not untouchable and Kawhi Leonard's available, and San Antonio was originally on Kyrie Irving's list of teams he wanted to go to. 
I think there's a conversation to be had there. And if you end up making that move, and Kawhi Leonard is linked to LeBron James, and you are going to have a conversation with LeBron James, but in order to make LeBron James happen, you have to get rid of a max contract. Well, then we're talking about moving Gordon Hayward. You wouldn't trade Gordon Hayward for LeBron James? Oh, God. I don't know what basketball planet y'all living on, but it's not the same one as me. So, if you really break it down like that, it's not crazy to think that the Celtics are going to be right smack dab in the middle of all these rumors the next couple days when it comes to Kawhi Leonard, when it comes to LeBron James, uh, when it comes to both of those guys. You know, the Lakers are going to be in the mix, too. The 76ers are going to be in that mix. You might have a couple sneaky teams that are at the top of the draft that might be in that mix, like a Phoenix, right? People have talked about Sacramento. I don't know. Who knows who else sneaks in? The Clippers. Maybe the Clippers sneak in. I have have no idea. But, you know, you'll get some some other teams involved. The, The Celtics, my point is this, the Celtics are going to be involved. Whether it's just talking or pulling the trigger, they're going to be involved. And so I can't just sit here and ignore it. I can't sit here and say, you know what, Kawhi Leonard seems like a miserable prick. Celtics, they, they, they'll stay away from that. No they, no, they won't. No, they won't. You know why? Because there are so many question marks with all the, like, the Celtics look like they're in great shape. I get it. They do. They had a great season last year. But there are so many question marks here. There are. You know, I think we all assume that Gordon Haywood is going to be this second coming. Second coming of what? He's getting the max deal. But does Gordon Haywood, does he even the playing field for you? And, and does Kyrie Irving even want to be here after next season? I know there's a lot of people... I call them the Celtic social media assassins that want to go out and say, oh, how could you even question it? What do you mean, how could you question it? It's a business. Kyrie Irving has leverage after this season. I, because you traded for him, it's not like Kyrie, it's not like you drafted him. It's not like you signed him to a long-term deal. You're trying to sign him to a long-term deal. Uh, but you, you gave up a lot to trade for him. Which means I don't think you risk losing him for nothing. You gotta know. There's gotta be some type of conversation, you know, an agreement like, hey, are we gonna do, you know, are you gonna sign here? You know, is there something to be had here for you? Do you wanna stay here? Um, if there's not, and Danny Ainge could get Kawhi Leonard, if he, if he somehow knew he could sign Kawhi Leonard long term and didn't think he could sign Kyrie Irving, what? You wouldn't make that trade? Have to. So, you know, I've brought up Kawhi Leonard in the past because he was linked to Tatum. You know, before there were reports that the Celtics and the Celtics had made an offer to the Spurs, or they were talking to the Spurs before the the trade deadline last year during the season, and uh, Tatum's name was linked. And I said, you you can't give up Tatum for Kawhi Leonard. No way. You have other valuable pieces you can make that work with. Especially now, the Spurs are losing leverage because everybody and their mother knows Kawhi Leonard wants out. 
Everybody does. Um. So and he's and he's not locked up. He's got one more year and then a player option after that. I mean, I wouldn't give up Tatum, but the Celtics have they have other assets they could give up to land him. And again, you've got to match salary. You know, if Danny Ainge questions the future of Kyrie Irving, he's got to consider it. I mean, you don't give up Tatum, but for others, you consider it. That's all I'm saying. And if you end up doing something like that, if there is a deal that sends Kyrie to San Antonio and Kawhi Leonard to the Celtics, LeBron's been linked to Kawhi. And LeBron's been linked to the Celtics. Got to talk about that too. Got to consider that too. With my GM cap on, with my fantasy trade hat on right now, these things are not... They're not 100% fantasy. You know, there's, there's some real-life aspects to this stuff. And, and and I think we'd be foolish to just ignore it because you think Kyrie Irving wants to be a Celtics the rest of his career. Uh, you might think that, but that might not be true. There's no guarantee that. There's no guarantee. You If Kyrie wants to go the Knicks, there's no stopping him. The Spurs are on his list, though. If you're Danny Ainge, these are conversations you have. And certainly these are conversations you have before Thursday night. And now from a Celtics perspective, you know, this draft this year might not play a role in some draft picks and assets that you could give San Antonio. But if you're the Celtics and and San Antonio came to you and said, hey, we're about to make a deal with a team that's going to give us a pretty good draft pick this year. Like where if they came to the Celtics and said, hey, we're about to come come to a deal with Sacramento for number two. Sacramento's got number two overall? Is that what they got? Or, or Phoenix, number one. We're about to come to a deal with Phoenix, but, you know, if you could give us Jay, you know, if you could give us Kyrie Irving and maybe that Memphis pick, you know, we would do that now before Thursday night. You know, and that's where the Celtics would have to say, okay, we're gonna, we can't wait until if we want Kawhi Leonard and we don't think we're going to be able to keep Kyrie Irving around long-term, but we could keep Kawhi Leonard around long-term, then then this is something we have to do before the draft. So that's, that's what makes it timely right now for the Celtics because it's timely for some of the teams at the top of the draft this year, and certainly for San Antonio right now, it's timely for them if they want one of those top picks to take an Aiton or, or, I don't know, who the other, you know, Mo Bamba or uh, Michael Porter Jr. I mean... You know, one of those kids, right? So, uh, it's just these are conversations that are going to be had. And I would keep an eye on them. And I'd keep an eye on the Celtics. You know, look, if I'm Danny Ainge, you're asking me, well, you've thrown out all these options. Things you have to consider. If you were Danny Ainge, you'd consider this. You'd consider that. You'd consider the other thing. If I'm Danny Ainge, the first thing I do is go to Kyrie Irving, obviously, and say, Kyrie, what's the deal? I get it. You want to play this thing smart. You can make more money with an extension next year, but I need to know if that extension is going to be with us. Is there anything that we can do right now to make sure that can be the case? And if he says to you, you know what, guys, I don't want to, I don't even want to talk about it right now. My focus is on winning a championship with the Celtics next year. I don't want to talk about next summer. I mean, if he says that to you, you go to San Antonio, 
you say, what do you want for Kawhi? I mean, we, let's face it, we got to make the money work. But what are we thinking? You know, if they think they got Kyrie long-term because he was on their list initially, and they think they can get a pick from you to go along with him, that's a pretty good return for San Antonio for a guy that you know isn't coming back to you, that you know you probably got to get rid of, that you know you don't have much leverage. That would be a great move for San Antonio, I think. So my priority would be to get a little bit better vibe on on Kyrie Irving and where his head's at. But if they don't want to have the conversation, all bets are off. Right? All bets are off. Kyrie's not untouchable. Priorities, Kyrie. If you can't get a better vibe as to what, you know, what his future, what he wants his future to be, where his head's at, you got to call San Antonio before Thursday. And if there's a deal to be had there for Kawhi, you pull the trigger on it. And at that point, you meet with LeBron. If LeBron is, if LeBron looks at that and says, wow, I'd love to play with Kawhi. Uh, I'd love to play with the kid Tatum. I'd love to play with Big Al Horford. I love the fact that Marcus Smart is somebody that is going to get down and dirty. And, you know, I love Brad Stevens as a coach. If you're Danny Ainge, how would you not do everything you can to make that move as well? So, that the priority is Kyrie. But if you can't lock down your priority, or at least get a pretty damn good vibe that you know he's going to sign next year with you, then you, have, then you have to move on, I think. If there's, a, if there's a way to get Kawhi Leonard. You have to. Again, without giving up Tatum. Without giving up Tatum. So, uh, that's what I do. And, and I, as much as I say I'm, I'm being, I'm playing the role of fantasy GM, I got my, my GM cap on, my fantasy hat. There is some realistic stuff there to consider if you're the Celtics. And, uh, I think a lot of these rumors are going to heat up the next couple of days. I mean, by the time you listen to this, they're going to heat up. And it's going to be more than just the Celtics. It's going to be Lakers. It's going to be Clippers. It's going to be 76ers. Who else am I missing? I'm missing someone. Going to be Phoenix, Sacramento. Teams at the top of the draft Thursday night. Uh, Houston. You know, I forgot about Houston. They'll be involved. Um, Miami always seems to be involved. Because guys want to go. To, they want to live in Miami. They want to party on South Beach. So, we'll see. Whatever happens, I'll react to it on Thursday. Now, I was going to come in Friday and do like a post-draft podcast instead of recording on Thursday. I was going to hold it off till Friday, but I'm in a golf tournament Friday morning, so I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, which means I'll be here Thursday, and I'll react to any of the rumors that we do here entering the draft, and then I will record a, a, a post-NBA draft podcast on Monday. And give that to you next Monday. So, I, I'm in a golf tournament Friday. Got to play. Uh, there's no change in that. There's no change in that schedule. So, I'll react to the NBA draft and, and any trades that go down. Go down. And in the hours leading into the draft, I'll react to that on Monday's podcast. I don't, we might get a trade Wednesday night. I'll be able to react to it on Thursday's podcast. But, 
I'm sure there will be some rumors, and I'm sure the Celtics will be involved in those rumors, and I'll react to those rumors and the specifics of those rumors on Thursday's podcast. So right now it really is, I feel like, you know, you had the U.S. Open, you had the complaining, all the bitching and moaning and complaining from those guys in the U.S. Open, you have the World Cup, but the main focus is the NBA draft and the NBA trades. Again, here locally in New England, there's some talk about the Tom Brady interview with Oprah. He sits down one-on-one with Oprah. I just think Tom Brady has lost his fucking mind. I, you know, I don't necessarily know what's going on there with him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think the guy's just a weirdo. He is. He's, he's a strange bird. I, I can't put my finger on it. Um, he's a weird dude. And it's all, he's only getting weirder. He's sitting down with Oprah. Why is Tom Brady sitting down with Oprah? Like, what, what is going on? She's asking, we got Oprah asking him about Belichick. He says he loves Belichick. But why are we doing this with Oprah? Like, I don't, I don't even know when this happened. Did deflate, here's what I wonder. Did Deflategate just fuck this guy up? Like, did it just did it just mess with this dude's brain? Like, is Tom Brady just a complete and utter whack job? I don't. Is it him? Was it the, that dude? Was it Tony Robbins? Is that him? Is that the guy's name? <laughs> when did this happen? Exactly. Uh, I'm not gonna watch the one-on-one with Oprah. I'm not. You want reaction to one-on-one with Tom Brady and Oprah one-on-one? Go somewhere. You know where to go. <laughs> Don't come here. It's not coming here. I I just need football. I need Tom Brady to be throwing a football in week one. So we can just get back to the Wednesday press conferences where he's not answering questions and giving generic responses wearing the goofy winter hats with the pom-poms that are bigger than his head. Get me back to that. That's That's what I need to get back to. I need to get away from the Oprah interviews. I need to get away from Tom Verse time. I need to get away from the social media use that that Tom Brady utilizes to, to give even stranger messages than he gives when he's actually talking these days. Get me back to football. Okay? I'm not going to react to Tom Brady talking with Oprah. I'm going to actually move on from that right now because I think it's just fucking weird. Moving on. The final thing that I'll talk about on this show today is I watched Money in the Bank last night. WWE Money in the Bank. I watched it. I thought it was great. I thought it was another great night for WWE. You know what, though? Better night for the women. Better night for the women in WWE. And and, and this has Stephanie McMahon written all over it. She has done a fantastic job with the women's division the last couple years. But I really thought last night like, sure, they had the, the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, they had the Women's Elimination Chamber. But you know what? The, you know, they had Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. But I thought last night at Money in the Bank, to me, like, that was the women's moment. The moment where I watched a WWE pay-per-view, and I was more excited about what happened in the women's division than the men's. I, I just thought that was the first time. I thought that was their moment last night. At Money in the Bank. I did. I thought, it was, I thought it was their moment. I thought that last night was Stephanie McMahon's moment. 
because you had all this buildup with the with Ronda Rousey, and yeah, she was in a mixed tag match at WrestleMania, but this was her first one-on-one match. This was a title shot. You had the women's money in the bank match. Alexa Bliss wins the women's money in the bank, and then she comes down and hits Ronda Rousey with the briefcase, cashes it in, and beats Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss. So in one night, Alexa Bliss wins the money in the bank, in a, you know, costs Ronda Rousey a, a, a title, and then wins the title by, by pinning Nia Jax. One, two, three. That moment right there, to me, was the best moment of the night. And was, was really, that was the women's moment. That was their moment. The women's division. That was their moment. Because Braun Strowman, as he's climbing up that ladder and he gets the briefcase for the men, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I just, I got to a point in that match where I didn't even care who won. I didn't even care who won. And then when Braun Strowman won, I said, eh, all right, now we're looking at Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar. We're looking at Brock Lesnar losing the title for good, being gone for good, Braun Strowman the champ. And I'm just not, Braun Strowman to me is a gimmick. He's a gimmick. Uh, you know, I don't think you make him your, your guy or the guy. I think he's a gimmick. The guy should be AJ Styles, who won his match against Shinsuke Nakamura. A great match. It was a great night for that rivalry. But I just thought money in the bank, that was all, last night, that was all about the women. That was, the, that was their night. That was Stephanie McMahon's night. I don't know if they know this. It's coming from me, but last night was the first night that I looked at a WWE pay-per-view and I said, wow, I'm more excited in the women's division and the women's money in the bank briefcase than I am the men's. Than I am the men's. And that was their goal. That's their goal, right? They want people, the average fan like myself, watching a pay-per-view thinking that. Now, I don't know that they want us to be yawning during the men's money in the bank match. I don't know that they want me to lose interest in that match, which I did. But I think they want the women's matches to be just as entertaining, and they want the average fan like myself to be just as involved in the women's storylines as the men's. And you know what? I was. And that was the first time I was last night. First time. Not to say that I haven't been interested in the women's division. I have. But not like I was last night. I left money in the bank last night going, applauding Stephanie McMahon. Alexa Bliss, Ronda Rousey, Nia Jax, all of them. It was great. And, uh, and, and, and the men's, it's like, we know what to expect. The only thing we don't know what to expect is what's next for AJ Styles. He's still the champ. Who's going to challenge him for the WWE Championship? I mean, I hope they can make the, like, they got the Universal title. Brock Lesnar's got it. I hope they make the WWE Championship the number one title again. And I think if Braun Strowman's the guy that gets the Universal title, I think that'll happen. I think the WWE Championship with AJ Styles, again, will be known as the title. But I thought it was a great night. Money in the bank. It was a great night for WWE. An even better night for the women's division. Even better night for the women's division. I thought it was great. Um, and they even had surprises. <laughs> James Ellsworth. Ellsworth returns. In the, the Carmella match versus Asuka. I mean, the, the women's division, they had a night. They had a night. Good for them. Good for Stephanie McMahon. Nice job. 
Nice job. They, they're nailing it right now. And uh, I, I think everything they envisioned is coming together probably better than they envisioned it, to be quite honest with you. But they've, they've Stephanie McMahon, they've done a really nice job there. Uh, so, good for them. I, I think when I take a step back from WWE and Money in the Bank, I think the most interesting story in wrestling right now, the most interesting thing in wrestling right now, is how the WWE continues to mention Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. They've been doing it on their website. They're even doing it on their YouTube channel. Over the weekend, they sent out a WWE, their YouTube account. They posted a video of a Kenny Omega promo back in the day when he was part of, what was it, the Deep South Wrestling? Either way. And, and, the, and the headline to it said, Kenny Omega makes his WWE Network debut with this promo. So what are they doing? And this is right after the WWE was talking about Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks on their website, on social media, because they had the street fighter match with New Day at, e- at the E3 convention in L.A. last week. WWE is all over that. They actually had a video of Xavier Woods versus Kenny Omega playing Street Fighter. So Kenny Omega recently is, has been in a video on WWE's website, on WWE's Twitter, and now they're pumping him up on YouTube, pumping up his old stuff as if to say, oh, here's Kenny Omega. Here's what he used to be. You know, that to me is the most interesting thing because... If they're doing this, that means one of two things. Either the WWE and New Japan Pro have some type of working relationship behind the scenes that we're going to hear about soon, or Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, they're going to WWE sooner rather than later, much sooner than later. And um, it's interesting because you got the Jericho stuff as well. I'm just saying keep an eye on it. I, I think it's the most interesting story in wrestling that the WWE continues to pump out content with Kenny Omega. I, you know, I, I'm shocked by that. And I don't know if people are making a big enough deal about that. I really don't. I, I, I don't think people are making a big enough deal. You know, Kenny Omega is the IWGP heavyweight champ now, but... He can always lose that belt. And it's one of those things where if he loses the belt, we're all going to be... that. The night he loses the belt, we're all going to be going, uh-oh, is this it? Are they going? Are they, are they coming to WWE? Because I do think all the stuff we're seeing now makes, makes that jump happen sooner rather than later. Or at least there's a connection between New Japan Pro and WWE. Vince McMahon is now getting his hands into that. And, uh... I don't know. Maybe he buys New Japan. I have I have no idea. I don't know how that will work. But it's something to keep an eye out for. And to me, is the most interesting thing in wrestling right now that I feel like is not getting enough attention. It's not getting enough attention. So uh, that's what I got for you today. It's going to be 95 degrees here in Boston today on this Monday, June 18th. And, you know, I came in here early this morning to record this. It's already just, I can't breathe in here. You know, I always complain. My studio is just as hot 
as any room. It's like a sauna. And with these windows on Granite Ave, the sun comes in, it's, it turns into a solarium. It's just, it gets too hot. I can't breathe right now. We got no air. We got no circulation. If you know anybody who has air conditioning that would like to help me out or an air ventilation system, and I'll give you some free advertisements, reach out to me. You know where to get me. Get this show whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podcast One, literally anywhere podcasts are available. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube page, youtube.com slash dannypicard. I just released episode five of 363 Off the Air and got a little cameo from Kevin Hayes of the New York Rangers. It's funny, entertaining. Make sure you go check that out. And I'll also be launching a brand new show on my YouTube channel this week. Uh, We kind of tease it in the latest episode of 363 Off the Air. So go watch that. I think you'll find out what it is. And subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the notifications button so that when I do post the first episode of this new series I'm about to launch this week, you will be notified. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. I am out. Talk to you on Thursday. Thursday.